Hello, you fro-listening, beautiful sons of bitches. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're ready for what's about to happen tonight. First of all, apologies if there's a slight difference in sound quality. I'm on my road mic, which uh, is about to get shoved up my own ass in elation. That's how excited I am with the Cavaliers' victory tonight. All of this is going to tie into what you're about to hear. But I had to start the pre-open of this gigantic Cavaliers' victory with a disclaimer. Because... What you're going to hear is perhaps my magnum opus. I'm exceptionally proud of the effort that I put forth to cobble together an uplifting anthem for our times to begin today's show talking about the Cavaliers' victory over the Warriors. Unfortunately, though, uh, fates have conspired against me because due to unforeseen circumstances, specifically Kelly Oubre of the Philadelphia 76ers getting struck by an automobile, rendering him out for, well, the unforeseen amount of time in the future. This particular pre-open is going to seem even more insensitive than normal. But I want to just get on at the front end of this and make it clear that I made this before any of that shit happened. Three from any type of responsibility or insensitivity on my part, aside from the obvious insensitivity in the song itself, let's just get down to business, shall we? I'm beside myself. I'm beside myself. All the real ones, they understand. I just hope that Draymond Green gets run over by a van. Not a normal van. One that's transporting dildo. dildo And at the point of impact They're all shoved in different holes <laughs> Media buddies carry water TNT and Coward have them on the payroll So they try to fill up their airwaves With their unobjective praise Feeding all of us excuses for Dre's Always dirty plays He's a prick man He's a prick man A kick a dick man Set the screen where he isn't sliding and grabbing shit, man. He seems to miss games that Steffi cannot play. His legacy built on the shoulders of Curry and Clay. Fraud! This year he shoved our center instead of boxing out. Allen, he lost his balance and his leg came flying out. It struck his penis and I saw Draymond come tumbling down. I screamed and stood up as the comma, it came raining down. I get emotional when I see the title of 2016 as Cleveland spoiled. All the Warriors' stupid title dreams I think about Draymond running to a phone As the cast pop champagne Blubbering, KD, I need you Things will never be the same So beside myself All the real ones they understand I just hope that Draymond Green Gets killed by a ceiling fan Not a normal fan One that's hanging a bit too low a razor sharp or maybe made of huge dildo. Wait, what? Don't give up. Keep hating. Tell all your kids the situation. They were leading 3-1 when that abomination poked the bear. Kicked off a choke job of entire generations because that man is a fucking temperamental. Sam Fran's a fucking dumb. Homeless people, they just gave up. Draymond's supposed to inspire all, but they'd rather die from their fentanyl. Grab that bottle and I'll OD before I see Dre pull up from three. Drunk as hell and still realize the better option is just to die. It's a cycle of bricks every time that he 
fuckface. Finally drawn my head curtain. That's why I'm always beside myself. All the real ones they understand. I just hope that Draymond Green, dickhead, gets killed by a warrior stand. It's a crime of passion. I'm clearly insane because I love you. From a fan of dirty bricks. Before he leaves the scene, he fills Dre's corpse with rubber dicks. Welcome to Fear the Fro Podcast. What a fucking evening, am I right? What a glorious day. Now, how could things work out so either perfectly or imperfectly? Yes, Kelly Oubre got hit by a car. No, I didn't know that when I was talking about my van of dildos, but I was confident that any song disparaging Draymond Green for being dirty as fuck, that's a slam dunk. That's a reusable slam dunk. Dirty-ass Draymond Green doing his dirty-ass shit, and he got smoked. Now, before we get into the game, this is not probably going to be the typical fro pod because I'm too amped, and there are plenty of specifics I would recommend that if you want to get into the nuances of the game right out of the gate, flip over to the chase down. I saw Mac Perry is going to be sitting in for Justin, who's off doing God knows what Evan Damrell's getting married tonight. Now, some of you may say, which Cavalier podcaster has the best evening tonight? And I know many of you would say the man marrying the love of his life. Perhaps that's true. But I would like to say, I don't know. I'm pretty fucking happy. And it's a great night for those of us who have milked grudges since the Cavaliers faced the Warriors in the NBA Finals. I'm going to play you a clip of audio from the game today. I'm going to play you multiple clips. This is going to be a petty, petty podcast beginning. So if you are a man of class and distinction and taking the high road, get the fuck out. First grievance of the pod, the announcers. Now, NBA TV, the bad part about NBA TV games is there is no Cavaliers feed. I'm stuck with whatever League Pass chooses to feed us, and tonight it fed us a heaping pile of Homer bullshit. This comment irked me. Talking about our own Darius Garland, the announcer had this to say. Talks about his rookie year. When he came in, he was getting double-doubles with turnovers. Was he... Was he getting double-doubles with turnovers, or are you exaggerating? What's next? Somebody mailed you anthrax? Maybe a FBI informant infiltrated your mosque? We need to stop this bullshit about emotional truths and just speak truth truths, okay? Draymond is a cunt, verifiably true. The most turnovers that ever happened during the season when Darius Garland was a rookie was eight twice and that's it and after that six below that no sevens no nines definitely no double digits now i i get what his defense would be the emotional truth is that darius wasn't as protective of the ball as he is now i realize the irony saying that after the oklahoma city thunder game but in general i think we all remember yes okay he jumped in the air he threw a lot of turnovers but nowhere near a double double okay so maybe show a little more respect for a team 
pounding your dick into the dirt, announcer guy. He said that in the first half. The Cavs were up by 17 at one point in the first half, okay? So this wasn't as if, oh, Darius is struggling. Now's the time to dunk on him. No, it was just a stray for stray's sake because, oh, I noticed he had some turnovers his rookie season. Well, it's many years later, and Darius Garland has lit your fucking team up time and time again, okay? Walk it back. I didn't even look up his name. That's how wild I am right now with emotion. Normally, I would look that up so I know who my enemies are. But in reality, anyone affiliated with the Warriors is my enemy. But that all led up to the culmination of tonight's game. Some may say the culmination is the win. They would be correct. But a close 1B is Draymond Green, again, being humiliated during a Cavaliers matchup. Last game, it was a kick in the penis that was a result of him deciding that he was going to box out in typical Draymond, I don't know how to play basketball legally style, where he just shoved Jared Allen while he was up in the air. And Jared Allen, falling backwards, plants one foot, lifts the other for balance, kicks him right in the dick. He deserved what he got, and I'm happy it happened. And tonight, yet again, what do we see from Draymond? First thing, George Nyang. Now, I know what you're thinking. Bob, what could you possibly have to say about a man who went 0 for everything? 0 for 4. Did not contribute. Basically, everyone had a better game than George Nang, except he did make one big contribution, and that was to get a technical on Draymond right out of the gate. Because Draymond committing a stupid foul in the process of a rebound, of course, was incensed because, you know, God forbid... Did he actually commit a foul? And he racked up that first technical, which led to later being ejected from the game. But I'm sure you've all seen the video. I don't need to really rehash that. I will say this, though. I'm going to take that song. I'm going to set it to video, and I'm going to post it to the YouTube page because tonight is a magical night. That's a a three-and-a-half-minute epic, and it deserves to have footage from tonight's most recent transgression interspliced within it. But let's get to that play specifically. So, so, here's the setup. In the moment, what we saw initially was Donovan Mitchell, after a carousel avert run out for a basket, Warriors are headed the other way, Donovan Mitchell rapidly approaches Draymond Green and just intentionally fouls him. There's no real dispute about it. The ball was being advanced, but Dray- but Donovan ran him down. He was pissed. He was pissed at something that happened at the other end of the floor. Now, what we came to realize is what happened at the other end of the floor was the cheap shot that resulted in Draymond Green's ejection. But initially, I will admit, I missed that. So, maybe I shouldn't go as hard as I'm about to go on the announcers, but I will say I was pretty fucking annoyed because... What we got to see was them walking themselves right into one of the more hypocritical moments in Warriors broadcasting that you will ever see. Let's start at the beginning. Draymond, he gets fouled by Donovan Mitchell. They get into it, and it ends up getting to the point where it's obvious they're going to go to the review. The announcers had this to say. A flagrant foul is unnecessary contact. Is it unnecessary that Donovan Mitchell came and ran into Draymond because he was mad at him? Seems that way. You know, I would say it's unnecessary. I think it should be a flagrant. Not only did they want a flagrant, but they also wanted a take foul. Well, here's the first thing, okay? That's a take foul. Not a take foul. There was two more calves behind them. It clearly wasn't a situation where they're on a run out. 
in part because Draymond's not as fast as Donovan Mitchell. Get the fuck out of here. But the point really is, in the discussion, it would become apparent that, oh shit, we missed something. When we look at the video footage, we see that Draymond takes a cheap shot. And that's what the refs saw too. They went back, they reviewed the foul by Donovan Mitchell and everything that preceded it on that play. And what they saw was the reason Donovan took off running as the ball was inbounded in advance was because as Karras was putting in the layup, Draymond was putting his shoulder into Donovan Mitchell's back, hurtling him out of bounds like the cheap shot bitch that he is. So the announcers got to bear witness to the refs coming to this conclusion. I'm trying to get back. After a view, the play has been deemed a common foul on Donovan Mitchell. However, during the run process of looking for a flagrant foul, we can go back and see if that precipitated. And because of that, Draymond Green delivers contact on the other end of the floor, and he will be given a technical foul and ejected from the basketball game for a second technical foul. So there you go. But this is what this was all leading up to. I can forgive the announcers for not having seen the Draymond situation. In the moment, I thought it was silly to call for a take foul when it obviously wasn't. That's some Homer bullshit. The flagrant, hoping for a flagrant, I was fine with that. But then, when they had the benefit of seeing what Draymond did to precipitate it, and by the way, let me just say for the record, on the steal Draymond got the possession before, he yanked Donovan out of the way. It should have been a foul on him. So they called it on Donovan. So already he had gamed the system. I was going to be super pissed if he managed to do it twice after putting a shoulder into Donovan's back. But he didn't. They tossed him. And then what did the Warriors announcers have to say? This part is going to, you're going to scream internally. I know you were all thinking the exact same thing I was. I got to be honest. I did not read that in the rule book that they could go back a play before. I've... I've never seen that. I've never seen that happen. You've never seen that happen. Isn't that interesting? Goddamn liar! What you've never borne witness to. Bore witness? Born witness? I don't know. You've never seen a situation where somebody's reviewing a play for one thing and in the process discovers something else and ends up overturning the thing entirely. Hmm? You've never seen that? Like, oh, I don't know. In the NBA Finals, when LeBron James, after taking a charge on Kevin Durant, he was drawn into a review because the refs wanted to see, was he in the restricted circle, despite the fact he was obviously six to eight feet outside of it. But they made the review, and oh, what do you know? During the review, they saw, wait a minute, we don't think it's a charge anymore. We think it's a block on LeBron. So we're going to flip it around. It's amazing to me that a Warriors announcer wouldn't remember that call directly resulting in a Warriors win in the NBA Finals. That call was momentous, and it happened on the biggest stage. It didn't happen in the middle of a two-game regular season sweep of the Warriors by a team that's playing under 500 basketball, but is quickly creeping up towards above that. So I took particular issue with that. Also, preparing for this podcast tonight, I wanted to get a sense of what's going on in Warrior Nation. I popped on Spotify, I fired up some Warriors podcast, and I came across the Light Years podcast. Now, I'm not slandering the podcast, but every once in a while, 
I'm sure people would say the exact same thing if they listen to the Fear of the Fro podcast, especially tonight. Sometimes, though, you drink your own supply a little too much. And I was surprised to hear this particular sentiment, especially since the Cavaliers have just beaten the Warriors this past weekend. Shocker. All the good teams are in the West yet again. Boston, Philly, and like, I don't know. Philly, Half of a Miami and a half of a Milwaukee are good, but most of the East is a joke. Most of the East is a joke. The lowly Cleveland Cavaliers. Three and five coming into the evening. Toppled the mighty six and three Warriors playing in the juggernaut West. You know, the West that has six teams that are 500 or better. Meanwhile, over in the shit East, seven teams. We're not even one of those. So I came in a little annoyed, hoping for a win. I got more annoyed as Draymond did his Draymond bullshit. And then the announcers, they just stoked the flames even more. But now we can finally get to the point where we talk about the game itself. Because my victory laps and I told you so's and do-betters, they're done for the evening. What we need to talk about is what we saw out there tonight, because I think most of you probably feel the way that I feel, which is that this is perhaps the most complete, most balanced, best win of the season, because it definitely was in trouble at times. Yes, we still saw the peaks and valleys that we see with a Cavalier team. We go on a 9-0 run in the first quarter. They rip off an 8-0 run. They rip off another 8-0 run later in the third quarter. Plenty of runs. A 17-point lead in the first half that dwindled into falling behind at the end of the third. But thank you, big dick Karis LeVert, for that tip-in to take the lead back at the beginning of the fourth. Now, there's a lot of guys who deserve credit tonight. The top of the list has to be Karis LeVert and the bench specifically. And I know what you're saying. Well, who else was there? Yang sucked. But Dean Wade, Dean Wade deserves a tip of the hat. Because even though he fouled out, there was a lot of foul trouble. For both teams tonight, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, they both had four fouls in the third, had to be sat down, and there was a point in a very close game, a very pivotal matchup, where we were staring a situation in the face where I'm sure some of you were as worried as I was that, oh God, not this again. Not a gigantic lead that's going to dwindle away in the third quarter. Chris Paul with a masterful final five minutes. He had four points and four assists after he checked in in the second half of the third quarter. And as we go into the fourth quarter, up one, what do you get from Drippy Dean? You get two drips. Back to back. Two triple drips. Eight points, seven boards, and those seven boards were hard fought. Yes, he stunk it up out of the gate. Started 0 for 2, but he made his impact known in other ways. So where Karis LeVert got out in transition, worked his ass off on defense, just a brilliant, smothering defensive effort on Clay Thompson, who maybe he should have just left him wide open, honestly, with the way he shot tonight. But a beautiful highlight possession defensive effort by Karis LeVert stuffing Clay Thompson after smothering him for eight, ten seconds of the shot clock. He was huge and led the way. Of all scores, six guys in double figures, but Karras with a stat stuffing, 22, five, three assists, four steals, and a block. Great night in terms of pickpocketing from our guards. 11 steals from Garland, Mitchell, Levert combined, and 
good ball control. Yeah, Garland had four turnovers, but when you parallel that to what is an otherwise sure-handed Golden State Warriors team who came into the night riding the narrative of how Chris Paul has an otherworldly assist-to-turnover ratio this year. Yes, his scoring hasn't been great. Began the year 0 for 11 from 3, but has not turned the ball over and has led a second unit, which is one of the most prolific in the league, if not the most prolific. Well, tonight, the Cavaliers bench, as shallow as it was, got big contributions from both Karras and Dean Wade. And better still, they forced three turnovers from Chris Paul in a month where he had turned the ball over one time in five games of November. The Cavaliers protected the ball fairly well, so the Warriors ended up with 20 turnovers to just 10 for Cleveland. This almost feels like a reverse of last game. We controlled the points off fast break. We controlled the free throws. We controlled the turnovers, and we won. And we won pulling away at the end, despite some tight butthole moments throughout the early part of the fourth quarter, late part of the third. Maybe even more importantly, in the first half, Jarrett Allen. And his aggression was incredible. The fact that the big men, and I know a lot of Mobley's free throws came at the end. He had back-to-back and ones in the fourth quarter. But for the two big men to go to the free throw line 16 times and knock down 15 of them, that is fantastic. The dispersal of rebounds, again, Max Strews led the way with eight rebounds. So, yeah, we're not seeing the heavy double-doubles we saw last year. I know Jared Allen was a double-double machine, but... His play tonight was excellent. He only took six shot attempts. But if I told you that, I know that you felt like his impression on the game was much bigger because half the reason for that low number of shot attempts was he got fouled so much by forcing the action at the rim. And he was absolutely huge in that first half. Evan, Karras, they heated up late down the stretch. And it was just a big, big win top to bottom for the Cavaliers. They showed the kind of resolve that you would hope to see from this team, where in other situations, we've imploded plenty in the past. But 39 free throws for the Cavs, six guys in double digits, and now, again, a winning record on the road. Three and two, two more road games to go on this trip before returning home. And you heard this stat repeated time and time again on the broadcast. 32 points off of turnovers, four times as many as what the Warriors were able to accumulate. 15-0 in the first half, eerily similar to the 17-2 deficit we had with Oklahoma City last game, although that was in just one quarter. So highlights for nearly every guy. I, I could go down the list and I could pick out moments that I loved for each one of them. Now, this was a, a play that didn't even work out in our favor, but there was, I want to say something about Max Struess. I'm, I'll say something about every one of these guys. There was a play where Max Struess broke up an attempted pass to the left corner, and the ball ricocheted back, and Clay Thompson recovered it in the backcourt. Struess didn't give up on it just because he failed on his first attempt to jump a passing lane and steal the ball. He raced behind Clay Thompson, tipped it out. Now he shanked the layup, so it ended up being all for nothing. But that level of effort tonight, again, this is a man who we brought in to score, but 16 points, eight rebounds, four assists. Come on, man. Come on. That, you could, you could just look at these stat lines and every guy, like clockwork, handful of rebounds, handful of assists, 
almost 20 points, 15 to 20 points. You had Struess, 16, 8, and 4. You had Mobley, 19, 5, and 2. You had Allen, 12, 5, and 4. Garland, 19, 6, and 4. Five steals. Five steals for Darius and Donovan. Doing what Donovan did early in the game, right out of the gate, you could tell. He had a little swagger to him. And for all the talk of how Draymond played pretty well after that first little dust-up they got in, Donovan Mitchell got the last laugh tonight. I don't know that I've felt this good about a win. Part of it is the opponent, obviously. Wins over the Warriors feel good. And this was a team, the Warriors started playing most of their games on the road. Seven of their first nine games were on the road. So to come into this game, it's a deceptive 6-3. and three. It almost feels stronger than the 6-3 and three that it was. And I know we did beat them twice. This game felt like one that we should have controlled start to finish. And yet I was still sweating bullets when Jonathan Kuminga decided that he was just going to take Dean Wade to the woodshed, out of the game with fouls, and get to the line again and again and again. 11 free throw attempts tonight for Kuminga. Fortunately, he left a few of them, you know, at the stripe. But Steph Curry, his usual brilliant basketball. Kevon Looney, all over the glass yet again. Draymond Green, though, triple single. That's right. Eight points, five rebounds, four assists. Now, he actually did play pretty good. But again, you know, the, the latitude that man gets to work the refs and to bitch and moan, quite frankly, Take out the cheap shot in Donovan Mitchell's back. I think you could make a good case that as soon as Donovan and Draymond got in each other's face after Donovan fouled him, they could have teed up both right there. But of course they're not going to do that. Uh, That is my hatred of Draymond, basically, to a T. It feels like the man has regularly been shielded from the second technical because the refs don't want to be the ones to throw him out, despite the fact that he bitches and moans enough to get two technicals basically every single game. Now to Clay Thompson, indulge me for somewhat of a probably an overreaction, but I've seen a handful of Warriors games now in the early season, at least three, and I've felt this way in every single one of them. He's getting the veteran starter treatment, but he might be better suited to come off the bench um, as we move along here. Not to say that he's not going to log starter minutes, but he has not looked good in the early part of this season. And as we know, the Warriors bench has been prolific, at least up until this evening. Here's an interesting stat, by the way. Uh, See, I've worked my way through my hate and my dunking on people, and now I'm going to get to some substantive facts. The Warriors... You knew their bench was prolific. Coming into the evening, they were first in net rating off the bench, second in bench scoring only to the Pacers, who that doesn't shock anyone. We've seen them twice. We know what they can do off the bench. Interestingly enough, they were 29th in bench pace. Well, the Cavaliers are basically the bizarro version. These two teams' benches could 69 one another right now because the Cavs, meanwhile, 29th in bench scoring, but the highest pace off the bench. So basically the exact opposite. I just thought that that was an interesting factoid. And we're in the factoid portion of this evening because next up is the Kings, and we're taking a lot of momentum in. This has got to be a game that makes you feel pretty damn good. So now that I've got through the kind of recap of the game, this is a weekend one, so you're not going to get as robust of coverage, but I will say that one thing I wanted to point out was the origin of tonight's song. That is a remake of a song called To Be a Man from Darius Rucker. Now, Darius Rucker is a regular 
on the Dan Patrick show. So uh, because of that and my work with Dan Patrick, he comes up in my release radar on Spotify all the time. And the song that he <laughs> recorded, the original, it's one of the, it's a very pandery, you know, uh, women, you don't get how tough we have it as men. You know, we got to pay all the bills and you don't give a shit about us. My wife heard it in the car. We were driving back from our Charleston trip in the car from the airport to the house. And that song played and I could just see the look on her face, which was like, shut this shit off. So, of course, I leaned in. I mean, can any woman really appreciate how difficult it is to stay up till 2.30 in the morning and talk to a bunch of people you've never met because you desperately crave anonymous validation? No, a woman can't understand that. Life is tough for a man, okay? So as I'm grinding fingers to the bone to put out these podcasts which generate zero revenue to put food on our table, let me just read you, okay? I loaded up the lyrics. I paused that for a second because I wanted you to hear this. I'm not not making up this shit. Here we go. It's a lonely road, and they don't care about what you know. It's not about how you feel, but what you provide inside that home. Real man is what you make it. You try to please everybody while you struggle, so you fake it and end up out of balance, compromising situations. As a good man, do what you should, man. Give everything he has and do everything he could, man. You might find yourself feeling all alone inside the house you built that you don't recognize as home. And that's what my daddy told. You get the point. But I will say, you can only pull off a song like that. I can't pull off a song like that. I'm not a real man. I mean, I do bury all my emotional trauma deep down inside, or I dump it on all of you unsuspecting listeners. But I can't fix things. Uh, everything takes me 10 times longer than a real man. The only thing I can really do is stuff like firing off fart sound effects. Yeah. Like that. That's my wheelhouse. That one, that, that was a pretty, I'm deleting that one from the system. Not a good fart. This one. Yeah, I kind of like that one. What about this? Ooh, that one has some ambient sound in the background. Toilet fart. Wet fart. Anyway. The point is, we're just a bunch of men trying to talk about Cavs basketball and they want us to do shit like go buy 30 AAA batteries for all the seasonal lights you want me to put around the house, but then they're going to fucking corrode in the containers because nobody took the batteries out at the end of last season, so now we got to buy new ones. Motherfucker. That was a man thing, right? A man knows batteries corrode and you got to take them out of the case. Yeah, I suppose I should have, but... A man thing is also thinking, well, if I don't do it, the woman will probably do it. Can I let this one slide? Is this like a deal breaker? Is she going to put me out on the street? Probably not. Fuck this seasonal light. But thank you to everybody for listening to the Fear the Fro podcast. And congratulations, Evan Damrell. I don't think you listen to this podcast. You'll, you'll never hear this. But um, nothing but the best for you and the missus. I like to think there's some reality where Evan and his wife are listening to this on their honeymoon. And she's saying... I would sooner marry Draymond Green than the sack of shit that hosts the Fear the Fro podcast. But yeah, anyway, let's wrap this thing up. Keep your head on a swivel. Ubre got hit by a car. It could be a van full of dildos for you. So be careful out there till the next time when we hopefully, this is a much nicer wood table I'm knocking on on the road here, when we hopefully defeat the Kings. Thank you. Fear the Fro podcast. Slivert, live to Mobley, this has been Fear the Fro. If you like the show, subscribe and rate wherever you listen. Our guy, Bob Schmidt, always gets a reaction out of it. Join us next time for more Cavs and NBA coverage.